This programme was first broadcast on Otago Access Radio and made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Well, the Otago Festival of the Arts Trust was established back in 1999 to present the Biennial Arts Festival here in Dunedin. Two very simple catchphrases encapsulate what the festival's all about. Celebrating the excellent and extraordinary and a boutique festival in a boutique city. The ninth festival, now known as Arts Festival Dunedin, will run from September 30th to October 9. And here to tell us what's in store is Festival Director Nicholas McBride. Thank you for joining us on the show today, Nicholas. Good to have you with us. Thank you. Happy to be here. Would you say you're still embracing those two principles? (laughs) Well, we have to. Um, The first one is a little bit subjective, celebrating the excellent and the extraordinary. Now, um, excellence is, as I say, a little bit subjective, but we most definitely do do that. We need to, we're trying always to raise the bar, bring stuff to Dunedin or encourage locals here in the city to um, step up as high as they possibly can. Um, and the stimulation that that creates as far as the kind of uh, products that we bring into the city just makes makes everybody work that much harder. Not saying there's anything wrong with what's going on now, but um, it, so it, it really is a, a celebration of the excellent, extraordinary. I use the word extraordinary in the sense of out of the ordinary, it's the kind of thing that doesn't normally happen. This is not just repackaging things that are already happening in this town. It's about getting some of the things that are happening in this town and then adding a huge amount of stuff which often would never come to this town. Mm. In fact, mostly wouldn't. In actual fact, that's how it all started back in 1999 um, with the idea that um, other... Um, civilised societies have festivals Mm. um, as a celebration of of all kinds of lovely things Um, and we Dunedin didn't have this thing so the idea of bringing the world to Dunedin as opposed to Dunedinites having to spend a whole lot more money if they can afford that to go across the ditch or to the North Island or somewhere to get some lovely uh, experiences which which don't come here Um, so that was what the premise of the festival was. And indeed, we, there's a lot of commercial promoters and stuff in New Zealand and, and around the world who maybe come to New Zealand but stop short of coming this far south for a number of reasons, uh, one of them being that the catchment is quite small, the other being that the catchment is, by tradition, a little bit slow on the uptake, <laughs> which makes commercial promoters very, very nervous. However, with the advent of the festival, a lot of those promoters piggyback with the festival because of the collateral that the festival creates and the security that the festival creates and also the change in the audiences, the Dunedin public's buying patterns for that period. It's a festival, therefore people do things that they wouldn't maybe normally do. So we get stuff that wouldn't come by commercial promoters to the festival as well. The festival has necessarily kind of morphed over the years to ensure its continuation and its popularity. Mm -hmm. Uh, What would you say have been the biggest lessons learned along the way? Well, well, one is never to be too confident that you know your audience. You've always got to be respectful of your audience, and every audience is different. Um, I could simply say, take, uh, pick the eyes out of the New Zealand Festival or the Christchurch Festival or the Auckland Festival or whatever, whatever festival and bring it here. doesn't necessarily correlate that that will actually work here because each market, even though we're a little country, each market is distinctively difficult with its own sort of challenges. So you've got to always be mindful that you're working with your own market mm. to make it work. And to, to feel... 
um, that you you know what it is 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 probably a recipe for for, di- for disaster. You've got to be really um, sympathetic, but at the same time, it's really important to push the audience to lead them in new directions, and that's really quite challenging and difficult. First festival was the first festival. The second festival was al- is always difficult, um, but after a series of festivals, the, the our audiences trust the festival brand and see something in the festival program that they don't know anything about that might, might look threatening or intimidating but they're prepared to give it a go because it's part of the festival brand and I'm not going to I'm not going to assault them or insult them too much push the, push the boundaries and uh, give them stuff that they don't know they like and of course they do we'll Hopefully. talk about some of the elements mm-hmm. of this year's festival in a moment but where do you even begin <laughs> with putting the program together <laughs> don't know <laughs> um, it's not a science, and it's really quite scary. And every festival, there's a there's a moment. I've got to set the dates for a start, um, and they've been sort of uh, the same sort of time each 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 festival. Um, but you know, there's a moment where you've got an empty canvas. What what do you do? Where do I start? What how do how does it work? Um, I'm not really quite sure. There's no sort of set formula. Um, basically, it it happens where um, well, for example. 2018 is two years away. I've already got five or six gigs which are already on the radar mm. and maybe have been on the radio for several years. Um, so they will be where I'll start and say, do I really want this gig? And in two years' time, will it be relevant? Is it still going to work for us? So you start with those and scatter them through if they're available and often they're not because mm. we've got 10 days every two years and we've got the whole world to choose from a lot of the world is not available during those 10 days not this year but maybe in two years or four years time so it takes that long the gestation process can be very complex so your radar is always on always on mm. and of course um the world of festivals is now uh, international sort of business so everybody's throwing stuff at at us, at me, all the time. So you've got to look carefully all the time. So you just start with an empty, empty canvas and say, well, that might work, that might work, and where does that lead us? And, the, and during the following, you know, I mean, um, um, 10 months before the festival, everything is still up in the air because you don't want to lock everything down until all the ducks are in line. Because if you start locking things down and then something better comes along or something then doesn't work anymore and you want that instead of that, and you know, you're all over the place. So it really is, a, is an act of faith and nervousness. If this year's festival has a special flavour or a character, what might it be? Mm. Because the festival is only every two years, we don't necess- we've never looked at the necessity to have sort of themes. But having said that, 2016 has there is a shift, um, and it's a, sort of a social experiment, I guess you might say, because uh, we've moved it by a whole week. We've moved it back a week, so it's earlier. Um, and absolutely fits within the school holidays. For that reason, um, we've actually got a whole lot more uh, family-friendly and children's events, and, and some of those are free as well. So we've shifted in lots of ways. The programming has changed. It hasn't been dumbed down in any way. The excellence is still... We're simply broad, broadening 
the appeal and the potential catchment by putting it in the school holidays and having school, uh, having children and family uh, performances in the festival. I imagine one of the challenges is striking a balance across all of the different streams of performance. You feel mm. you've done that this mm. year in terms um, of putting the program Well, in? you know, there'll be people who say we haven't. Um, this is a performance performing arts festival, although we do have a visual arts component as well. But um, um, it's, it's always challenging to get the mix of theatre, dance and music um, right, and some festivals are stronger in one area than the next. Just the way it's just the way the 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 the, the cookie crumbles. Basically, our dance program this festival is actually quite light. We've only got three gigs in the festival this year for dance, and they are all very um, accessible. Um, and they're sort of storytelling and, and and simple communication, charming pieces, rather than anything sort of esoteric or challenging, as we have had in previous festivals. Previous festivals, our dance program has been much broader with... Uh, considerable sort of ethnic mix and large venues performing for example dance program in the Regent Theatre well this year we're not doing that just because that's the way things have have eventuated and also the costs involved um, getting a big dance troupe into the Regent Theatre is high, very expensive and the and the market is not necessarily huge so you've got to go with whatever works our theatre program on the other hand this year just once again the way it's the way it's panned out is is very very strong you mentioned accessibility one of the things that struck me looking through this year's program is that it's an affordable festival thank you for noticing that um it's it's always a challenge um the dunedin market has quite a low uh ceiling on what it's prepared to pay for things um we've got we've got for example we've got gigs in our festival um i could cite for example um the devil's half acre which is performing at the at the fortune theater premiered at the new zealand festival it's actually a dunedin story it's very 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 fine piece of theater the the uh, the top ticket price in dunedin for the festival is 45 dollars mm. don't quote me i think that's what it says 45 dollars that was the cheapest ticket price in Wellington six months ago. Yeah. So um, across the board, um, we keep the, the prices right, ratchet them down as far as we possibly can, which is a real challenge and very, very difficult because I know that the uh, the price resistance is considerable, and I want people to to not um, you know be be unable to come because they can't afford it. Our top ticket prices are forty-five. Oh no, our top ticket our top ticket price is fifty. But we do have some umbrella gigs in the festival, which are considerably considerably more than that. But we try and keep them as low as possible for that very reason to make it make it as accessible as possible. Because we are we are charged, in actual fact, via our funders, City Council, Creative New Zealand Community Trust, and so on, um, to ensure that we do make it as broad as possible. Having said that, you know, we're an arts fest. We cannot be all things to all people, but we're trying to be as broad as possible, and the price, price prices is very much part of that. Time to talk about some of the, some of the actual components. Yes, yes. Uh, Nicholas, I know we can't walk through them all, um, but perhaps... Uh, this is an opportunity to give our morning show listeners a, a, a flavour of of the diversity of the program. Some of the a little bit of cherry picking. Okay, for us. okay. Well, um, one that's just popped into my head is called uh, "Songs for the Fallen," which is playing at the Mayfair Theatre. It's actually a, a piece of uh, cabaret style music theatre um, from Australia. 
It's a little bit raunchy. Um, it's the story of uh, Marie de Poussy, who was a French courtesan who worked her way up the, um, the echelons of, of power and society. Um, and very funny piece of theatre. Breaks the fourth wall. She talks to the audience a lot. She actually interacts with the audience. Uh, there's only a cast of five, uh, four. Um, and um, it's actually this, the, woman, uh, the story is Marie de Plessis is the main character in the opera um, La Traviata. Um, lovely, a very wicked little piece. Um, uh, another th- thing, as I just mentioned before, is The Devil's Half Acre, which is a Dunedin story. Dunedin set in the slums of uh, the gold race Dunedin. The Devil's Half Acre is actually a region in Dunedin. It was called that. It's up there by McLagan Street. Um, um, opium dens, mm. prostitutes, mm. con men. The whole world came to Dunedin. And indeed, there's a subplot going on in that play, in this play as well. It's, it's uh, by about uh, Julius Vogel, who was the editor of the Otago Daily Times and a city council, although it was called local parliament then, and he was trying to secede from New Zealand because the huge amounts of money that Dunedin was making through gold, all the taxes was going to Wellington to pay for the Maori Wars, and he didn't like Mm. that. This is historically true. Fascinating. We've also got um, a a charming piece which premieres tonight, actually, in the North Island um, called uh, The Complete History of the Royal New Zealand Navy, which is a 75th anniversary celebration of the Navy, um, and they're doing this sort of uh, review, rather tongue-in-cheek review, um, um, written by Gregory Cooper with Mark Hadlow and a whole troop of uh, madcap performers. It's playing in the Regent Theatre for a couple of nights. V- v- very, uh, uh, what would, it's family entertainment. Very, very um, unthreatening. A good romp, that one will be. Um, let me think. What else? Guy Masterson. Mm, I was looking at that. Yeah. I really am looking forward to these two different yeah. performances from oh, this guy. Yeah. Guy Masterson is perhaps uh, uh, one of the greatest masters of solo performance. He's... Um, Doing, um, he's doing um, Under Milkwood um, by Dylan Thomas at the Fortune Theatre just for one night and he plays all 69 characters in this, in this play. Um, Guy Masterson is actually the nephew of Richard Burton who did the definitive recording of this work as a solo piece. Remarkable piece of stamina but also extraordinary piece of theatrics. And then the very next night, or the next afternoon actually, he's doing, um, he's doing an um, expose play called Shylock about the, the, the role of the Jew in, in, in theatre. Re- extraordinary piece. We've got another extraordinarily funny, not funny, clever, clever piece of theatre called uh, Little Shop of Horrors. Now, this is Live Live Cinema is a theatre company who have it who who strip back all the sound off a, 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 a classic movie, preferably an older one. This is the 1960s Little Shop of Horrors, and then they revoice it. So the the four actors on stage uh, uh, sing, uh, lip sync all the all the lines from the sh- from the movie. Play all the music in a new live score, so they're all musicians as well, and do all the foley, which is the making all the sound effects themselves. Four performers, they the choreography, if I can call it that, of these four musicians is just mad. They are tearing around all over the place, making this happen before your eyes. Last festival we had a gig called um, Odyssey Paper Cinema, which was a movie being made in front of your eyes on the screen and the, the, the people were actually drawing and with these little paper puppets and stuff and making live music. It was a glorious little piece. This is the same, only very, very different. And it's playing at um, Kavanagh Auditorium for a couple of nights. Remarkable. Remarkable just to look at. You don't know where to look, actually, because it's so funny. Yeah. 
People who love music are uh, well served by the festival this year. Of course, mm. there's the big Bowie tribute waiting mm. in the sky, mm. which mm. brings together some some fantastic yeah. New Zealand performers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're very lucky. We've got um, this. I mean, David Bowie, now deceased, um, is is going to be sort of. Um, a lot of lot of music being made in tribute, um, but this is actually not a tribute band or anything like that. This is not people pretending to be David Bowie. This is uh, New Zealand performers like doing covers, basically, mm-hmm. like um, Eddie Rayner from Split Ends, um, Jordan Lacks on Thank board. you, Jordan Ruck. There you go, um, um, and so on. And, and it's going to be a big, loud uh, tribute, big light show as well in the Regent Theatre on the final Saturday of the festival. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Mike yeah. Knock Trio, of course. Never, yeah, we'll always. yeah, fantastic. Now, Mike Knock is, uh, and his trio is performing this festival. I've had him a couple of festivals go just in solo performance. He's performing with his trio this time, and then for one night he's actually uh, joining forces with the New Zealand trio, which is a classical string trio, violin, cello, and piano, <coughs> along with his trio, and they actually fuse together. They do, they do a set each, jazz, classical, and then they come together to do this work that Mike has written. And so that's going to be quite a beautiful piece. The more intimate performances, the lunchtime one, St mm-hmm. Paul's at One, mm-hmm. another wonderful lineup for that as well. Yeah. St Paul's at One has always, always worked very, very well for us because it's, it's quick, it's one hour long, maximum, it's at one o'clock, it's right in the centre of town, it's cheap, and the variety of performer that we have there is 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 huge. One of the things that I'm really proud of is the first performance at St Paul's at One um, with the cartoonist uh, Michael Lernig, who was then doing a, an evening performance uh, on Tuesday night in the Glenroy. Um, Michael Lernig is a political cartoonist, I guess. He's a living treasure in Australia. Most people would be familiar with his drawings, if, uh, if not his name. Not his name, but you stick that picture of that little man with a rather large nose and his little duck. Yeah, uh, The wisdom that he imparts, the simplicity and yet the cutting comment comment that he can make about the world is remarkable. He's published many, many books, including little books of prayers and stuff. Uh, really cuts to the chase, just like that. And he's going to be, <coughs> excuse me, he'll be, I have no idea what he's going to be talking about because he will talk about whatever's current at the time. In his performance uh, at the Glenroy... <coughs> He would actually be sitting on a uh, at an, an architect stool with a with a high table, and actually talking about his life as a cartoonist. And he will actually be drawing, and we'll have a little camera to project it onto the back wall. And who knows what he'll be talking about? Because it'll be um, two weeks before the American election, so <laughs> <laughs> anything anything goes. Well, look, we've taken a snapshot really only yeah. of the festival program, uh, Nicholas McBride, uh, who was, of course, Festival Director of Arts Festival Dunedin. Uh, it certainly looks like a wonderful program. Um, just finally, Nicholas, um, tips for making your most of the festival experience? Um, well, the, the, you... <laughs> The festival is a feast. It is a festival. That's what it would, the word means. So um, um, we historically have, have audience members who um, pace themselves. They take days off, in actual fact, to do this. Um, the program has been designed in such a way that, that you can't go to everything, but with a bit of juggling, you can mostly get the things that you want to go to. There are clashes, of course, but we've tried to make the clashes f- from very, very different catchments. Um, the festival this time doesn't have a late night club but instead we have a comedy club um, so you can start um, 
at lunchtime. We've got street theatre as well uh, earlier than that. Uh, we've got kids shows at 11 o'clock in the morning and as I say it's during the school holiday so there's from 11 o'clock in the morning till midnight there's things happening all day for 10 days. That is exhausting. It's very exhausting for us <laughs> but um, it can be a really exhausting for and indeed some of our some of our patrons will say oh, oh, I'm going to have to take a week off after this because it's just been a wonderful feast. But pacing yourself it can be a wonderful feast. Take some time off. Get it lined up. Enjoy it. A lot of people do it for the film festival. You might as well do it for Arts Festival Dunedin. Nicholas McBride, thank you for joining us on the awesome morning show today. Thank you for having me. This program was first broadcast on Otago Access Radio and made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air.